You're listening to Rock and Blues International, the podcast. My name is Kevin Wildman, and I'll be your host for this episode of Rock and Blues International, the podcast. Our special guest for this episode is Wes Scantlin from Puddle of Mud. Puddle of Mud fans are going to be happy to know that Wes Scantlin and Puddle of Mud have finally released their new album, Ubiquitous. This album has been a long time in coming. The last album of originals for the band was Welcome to Galvania, and it was released in 2019. For this album, Wes teamed up with several different songwriters to release a little something different this time around. Don't get me wrong, this album is no doubt a puddle of mud sounding album. Although it is filled with a bit of a heavier tinge to it, not to mention some of the most dramatic lyrics they have written so far. The first single released from the album, Cash and Cobain, has been getting quite a bit of airplay and notoriety for the band so far, while songs such as My Baby, Butterface, Dance With Me, and You Wrecked Me will be showing another side to Wes, one filled with a little bit of anger in some parts, although as Wes tells us, anger is a gift. Other interesting songs on the album include Poke Out My Eyes, Candy, and Man in the Mirror, a song about taking your future into your own hands. Yes, Wes is back and ready to hit the road and start performing some of these cool new songs. He tells us that he is preparing set lists already. Don't think you're going to hear the same old show from Wes and Puddle of Mud. He tells us that there might be a different set just about every night the band performs when they hit the road. Puddle of Mud has been making quite a name for themselves since forming in 1991. The band has already racked up over 7 million units in sales since releasing their first album, Come Clean, in 2001. In addition to that, they have also released quite a few chart-topping songs such as Blurry, She Hates Me, Psycho, Famous, Drift and Die, and Control. We thoroughly expect to see a couple of these songs from the new album become hits as well. Since their formation... Wes Scantlin has been the voice and the driving force behind Puddle of Mud. He is the one behind the band's success and immense popularity. His creativity has led to the release of several wonderful Puddle of Mud albums such as Life on Display, Famous, Volume 4, Songs in the Key of Love and Hate, and Welcome to Galvania. We had a chance to sit down with Wes recently to find out about the new album, as well as how things were progressing in his personal life, and it really made for quite an interview that also brought up subjects such as being poisoned, being haunted, and even losing his house. We assure you, this interview will definitely reveal some things about Wes that a lot of you have never known before. So without any more hesitation, Let's get on with the show, and we'd like to present to you Wes Scantlin from Puddle of Mud. Hello. Hello. How you doing, Wesley? Hey, how you doing today? I'm doing all right, man. What's the weather like in California? Pretty damn cool, man. Pretty good. Great, great. Yeah, really nice. Well, so you got a new album out, and it just dropped, uh, what, a couple of weeks ago? Yes, sir. How's it doing so far? Um, well, I think it's doing pretty damn good. Uh, everybody's really, really, everybody's really digging it, man. So, uh, so yeah, I've been doing rehearsals and stuff, getting, getting the new songs down tight and stuff so we can jam them. Wonderful. When do you expect to go back out on the road with this? Um, probably in the next month or something. Okay. Um, well, I, I find the album very interesting. It's, uh, I tell you, some of the lyrics on here, they're pretty wild. They're pretty <laughs> wild. 
I, yeah. I, I don't know how to put it. I don't want to. I don't want to offend anybody or anything. But it sounds like you were a little pissed off when you wrote some of these songs. <laughs> yeah. Well, anger is a gift, I guess, huh? <laughs> I guess. I'm. Uh, I mean, that first song. It's. It's not your typical love song. <clears throat> no, it's. Uh, yeah. Well, I've been through a lot of crazy stuff too, man. So. Uh, had some wild had some wild uh relationships i guess you could say uh-huh but uh fortunately they're all they're all gone <laughs> those ones are all done so i'm solo these days man i'm just chilling solo okay well uh, i'm interested in every one of these songs let's start off with the first one my baby um i'm never gonna be happy until i watch you die <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I wrote that at, uh, at my old house, and the lady that used to live there, she was actually, um, she was actually set on fire in the master bedroom, and um, and then while she was on fire, she was drowned in her bathtub. So <laughs> I didn't know her, but that song is about the lady that lived in in my old house. Okay, and, uh, you, you didn't know her at all, but you wrote a song about her. Yeah. Yeah, I called her Lily. I, I don't know if that's her real name, but yeah. Yeah, that was uh Christian wrote that song on the on the music. I, I wrote a little bit of the, the musical part of it, but yeah, it was just I don't know, it was just something that coming off the top of my head. And um yeah, so that was about my <laughs> To the lady that used to live at the old house, man. <laughs> Wild. Wild. It didn't really it... have anything to do with me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thought, like, uh, my baby sold her soul to the devil for rock and roll. I thought it just kind of popped, you know? It's, it's a little kind of a popping kind of a lyric, so I kept that in there. Yeah. <laughs> catch people, Catch people's attention. Okay, who's the principal songwriter of this? Oh, uh, me and Christian Stone. Okay. Is your house haunted now because of all this? Um, well, that house um, that I no longer reside in, which was um, basically stolen from underneath my feet. Um, yeah, it was, it was haunted. It is. It was and is haunted. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah, there's definitely a lot of like paranormal activity there. And um I got just kind of like used to it. I thought it was kind of funny. So, you know, I don't know if you've ever dealt with any type of a ghost or anything like that, but there was like ghosts, <laughs> not just ghosts. There was like there's like several ghosts. So it was uh it's pretty pretty freaky, but kind of cool. Cool and freaky. So, was this woman one of the ghosts? I, I, yeah, she was. Yeah, I. Anytime anything would like, you know, kind of like touch me or something, or you know, rub, like you know, kind of touch my shoulder or something. Um. Yeah, I would just laugh and be like, "Hi, Lily, what's up?" You know, and that was about it. You know, there. It wasn't anything really like terrible, you know, like um, anything real, real terrible. I mean, I did bring my pastor up to that house like probably four or five times to like bless the house and try to get rid of the, the ghosts, which which worked for a while, but they would come back. I don't know if they just hit out or something, but yeah. We'd open all the doors, and he would bring like this um, this blessed oil, and uh, and he would like you know pray you know bless the house and ask the ghosts to kindly leave, and <laughs> so we did that a few times, you know. Okay. They, well, that, really that's open. very interesting. Uh, you said the house was stolen out from under you. How did that happen? Um, yeah, man, that was that was terrible. Um, 
Um, well, my ex-wife, um, she was stealing like thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars from my puddle of mud business account. She was taking, and I haven't really ever told anybody, anybody that's a reporter this, but yeah, she was she was taking money out of the the American Express business card, putting it into a PayPal account, and then putting it into a different um, checking account um, that I didn't really know anything about. And she took, she was taking hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, and I, for a while, for about, you know, five, six years, I would, I was throwing up every single day um, profusely, uh, like every single day, like about 10 times a day, just throwing up, you know, I, I just, I thought, I thought I was dying of like, like cancer or I had some kind of a freaky disease or something, but actually I was being poisoned with, um, with like arsenic and like, uh, pesticide and, rat poison and shit like that so fortunately uh yeah i got out of that alive and um so um, unfortunately since she was stealing so much money um yeah i had to lease the house out so uh the tenant that was staying there like he didn't want to leave um you know, and he, he like would, he like, um, made up all these, like these forged documents and stuff that weren't even real. And like, he, he just would not go. So the first time this happened, um, yeah. Um, you know, I had to, I had found the, uh, original lease agreement. So he had to leave the second time this happened. Um, um, yeah, my, there was a lawyer that like it, it had a lot to do with the same tenant. Um, like I wasn't getting my mail, you know, and my, the business manager that I had at the time was re- really shady as well. So I wasn't getting my, um, I wasn't getting my, my mortgage payments paid. So I didn't, I missed like one mortgage payment. And then that, while I was playing, um, overseas for the soldiers in like Iraq and like Kuwait and like Korea and all this stuff. Um, yeah. So the house went into like, they, these, this guy did like a three day quit claim on my house. It went into like foreclosure and then it was sold at an auction. I bet for like, for like $350,000 or something. And by the time I got home, I didn't know anything about it. There was like a 30 foot barbed wire fence around the entire house. And, uh, yeah. And I've been fighting that. I w- I've been fighting that for, for years and getting arrested for trespassing, you know, whatever you name it. And I actually went down to the County clerk, um, headquarters and I got the real actual documentation and I, you know, for years up, up till like 2021, I was, the, I was the grantor. And then I was, I was basically selling my house back to myself and then selling the house back to myself and then becoming the owner and then selling the house back to myself and then becoming the owner and becoming the seller and then becoming the buyer. And then, so I actually got the documents that was just like West Gantland, West Gantland. So I actually seriously owned the house for, you know, I owned the house the whole time. It was, it's, 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 it's like still in my name. Well, I've got to tell you, that sounds a bit bizarre. Yeah, but you know what? I'm sick of getting arrested and the police don't care. So and actually, uh, the, uh, the tenant guy actually is a cop. So, Oh, well that doesn't help things any. No. So that's, uh, you know, that's a fight that I'm done fighting and, uh, I'll just, you know, I got a really nice place down here in Burbank and it's like a nice rehearsal studio slash studio. 
slash space that I can live in. And uh, it's really nice. And, you know, I got everything and anything I need, like, you know, all all around me and everything. There's a bunch of nice restaurants and stuff down the street. We got a 7-Eleven across the street, you know. And, uh, yeah, so this is a pretty good spot. I'm cool. I don't really want to fight the fight the fight with the police guy. I, I don't blame you. There's, there's no yeah. way to win in something like that. There is no way I could win, man. I mean, I even had the last time I was up there, I got arrested. Um, I actually had that those documents, man. And, you know, the cops like, yeah, you owed it in 2005. And I'm like, no, man, I've owned, I've owned this house. Like I've been paying the mortgage for like 11, 12 years, you know, no, sorry, you're going to jail. It's just like, okay. You know, that was my last, that was my last hoorah, my last try for that one. Um, I really thought that that those documents would actually, you know, shed the light, you know, but, um, yeah, the the guy, yeah, the, the person that, the, the whole place is basically stolen by the fucking cops, man. So I'm done fighting. I'm not going to fight with the cops because they just don't, you're not going to win. So there you go. All right. Well, damn. I wonder if I even should have asked about that. This is, no. it sounds like a pretty bad situation. It's over now, man. I'm at like, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. You know, there's nothing I can do to, to to get it back you know that's just the way that's just the way the cookie crumbles man so i'm happy i'm alive i'm cool i'm single rolling solo and uh you know enjoying my life and everything's fine i got plenty of i got you know plenty of money to you know to be to be comfortable and stuff so so i'm cool so you're burying yourself in your music now yeah, basically that's uh basically all I've been doing. And uh, I've been like uh making I don't know, I'm making this I'm making this really cool table, constructing this like really cool table and it's 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 coming along pretty good. I li- I like to do like I like to make different kind of art pieces and um so the first one to this time is just like this really cool really cool workspace table. It's, it's uh it's really cool, man. Well, if I ever need a table, I'll give you a call. Yeah, give me a buzz, man. I'll go down to Lowe's and <laughs> get a big old, <laughs> old slab of wood, you know, big old huge table, eight by five or whatever. There yeah, you go. That'll work. Yeah, I got it. I got it on speakers, uh, road cases, road cases. And and yeah, it's built from road cases, <laughs> from old road cases and it's a huge slab of wood and some, and then, I, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of cool rock and roll type stuff. And, and, uh, I got some, I got some like, you know, platinum records and different, different kind of like plaques and stuff like that. And then I'm going to lay like plexiglass over the top of it. And, and um, you know, I've, I've, I've stained it and I've, I've, it's actually like, it looks like redwood. And it's got like this black, like kind of cool streaks and stuff. But it's it's coming along really good. It's it's actually pretty pretty cool looking. All right. Well, let's get back to the album. The okay. next song on there, "Dance with Me." Tell me a yeah. little bit about "Dance with Me." Um. Yeah, that song is just kind of kind of cool grooving. You know, I wrote that with this uh, Tony Battaglia. This really cool cool guy. Great songwriter. Great great producer what was his name again tony battaglia okay battaglia yeah with a b okay really cool guy haven't haven't talked to him for quite a while but yeah i was just uh feeling a little groovy and and uh it was it was kind of like a little message to the label (laughs) she was like you know save me a spot at the top (laughs) You know, like, come on, man. You know, let's let's dance. Let's, let's do this. You know, let's uh, let's get down record label. Kind record of a label. subliminal message to the record label. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Let's dance. Let's do this. Come on. 
you know. So, and I like to dance anyway. I, I dance all the time. <laughs> I say a little Our Father prayer, you know, uh, to God. And at the end of my prayer to God, I always, uh, <laughs> I always say, "Dancing for the Lord, yeah, dancing for the Lord." Hallelujah, Spirit fingers. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. <laughs> I start dancing and stuff. I'm, I, I look like a complete goofball. But... <laughs> okay, well, I think your first single off the album is Cash and Cobain, which uh, Johnny Cash and Kurt Cobain. So uh, what made you decide to write about them? Well, me and um, this uh, producer, engineer, songwriter mr colin Britton. um we wanted to write a song that was a lot of different genres and cameoing a lot of di- cameoing a lot of different genres musical styles and and cameoing you know a couple of big names that kind of just popped up you know and people we could like connect to you know and um yeah and it was just I, that was kind of like his idea <laughs> so i was like okay okay that's cool you know and um you know we just thought we'd write it about some good old, good time good good old time lyrics and stuff like that and we're like uh you know we're throwing a lot of different styles in there so Right, I could tell about. I could, t- I could. Let's hear the variations on it. Um, yeah, there's chance, mouse and chains. There's some rage against the machine type rip. There's a little, there's a little nine inch nails. Those are, you know, me and Collins. Like two of our favorite bands are are nine inch nails and, and rage against the machine, and also Alice in Chains. And you know, there's a little bit of uh, collective soul in there, sort of. We tried to throw a little collective soul in there and um yeah we were just we were just having fun with that song man and and it turned out to be pretty freaking it turned out to be really really fun and and uh i'm i'm glad that he uh he was he was the the mastermind man i mean i was just like you know i was just coming up with different riffs and stuff and i came up with the beginning riff um the little funky kind of country sounding kind of deal um so we we made it a little country a little rock and roll a little throw out there to uh miss donna uh donna donna osmond donna marie osmond you know we kind of we kind of hijacked that a little bit of country some old-time rock and roll (laughs) yeah so we were just trying to you know we we're just trying to connect with people. Right. You know? Well, and I think it is connecting. So that's good. Well, I, I, I hear it's getting pretty good reception. <laughs> yeah. I'm very, I'm very pleased uh, about the reception. And, and it's, yeah. So I guess our little, our little trick, <laughs> I guess you could say a trick. I guess our little trick is kind of working. And uh, we, we had a really, really good feeling about the song when, when we were finished with it. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's catchy. Well, it's a catchy jam, dude, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, I know who Cash and Cobain are, but it says rolling down the mountain on a one way street listening to Bradley. Who's Bradley? Bradley is the singer, um, songwriter for an awesome band called Sublime. And that was a little little cameo to uh to bradley from sublime he's no longer with us uh god rest his soul uh wonderful songwriter great singer guitarist everything and we threw that we threw that out there for bradley well that was good yeah so we that was that was yeah he's 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 a skater he was like a skater punk so i i mean i'm a skater punk you know and uh called the skater Skater punk. I'm a former skater punk. I've already, I've already broken, wiped out so many times. I wasn't like the greatest skater. Oh, I don't really skateboard anymore. But um, yeah, I used to skateboard every day. So. 
Okay, the next song is Butterface. And at first, I had to listen to the song a couple of times before I really figured out the hidden message in there. Butterface. Everything but her face. Yeah. I, I really liked I really liked that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been like I've had people like say, Hey man, why don't you try to write a country song? You know? So um yeah, man. I was in the hospital or in the rehabilitation hospital and um I don't know, it was just a joke, you know? And then uh yeah, so you know, it was just really catchy, and a lot of people that I kind of I would sing that part to, they'd go, "Yeah, you should make that like a whole song." So, so yeah, so I, I just, you know, it's about going to the country bar and you know getting on the dance floor and you know, you know, running into a really, really good looking gal, and um, you know, going back and getting it on and having a good time, you know, and. You know, a lot of times when you take a chick home, you know, sometimes, you know, they roll over. (laughs) It's a little bit surprising, uh, you know, it's happened, I'm sure, every guy once or once, once in their life, you know, like, you know, dance floors can be a little deceptive, you know, (laughs) with all the lights and stuff like that, you know, it's dark and, but, um, Actually, uh, actually, the the chick is really turns out to be like beautiful. Actually, so that's the that's the, the optimism of it, and uh, and it's taking a little stab back at like maybe you know she's been looking at everything but your face as well, you know, like you know, so you know, and then they fall in love, you know, at the at the end of the song, and uh, you know, and. It doesn't really matter about her face, you know. She's just a beautiful person. Yeah, you and, really uh, don't find out until the last verse. Now I can't yeah. stop myself from looking at you, looking at yep. you. Yeah. Yep. And I liked before that we were screaming and moaning till the break of dawn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. And uh, so, the, at the end of the song, they are they are both madly in love with each other, and you know. I'd probably spend the rest of their life together and live happily ever after. <laughs> that's the whole that's the whole idea of the whole song. All right. And who is Candy? Oh, Candy um is Christian Stone's um ex-girlfriend. And that song I wrote on piano. Um all, we were all pretty pretty uh, we were on a good one. All of us were. And I just sat down at the piano, it was a little bit out of tune, and and uh, I just started playing that, and then I just started singing that part, and I made the song up like in you know like a few minutes, you know they they were like going like how the how the hell did you just do that you know <laughs> I was just like I was like I don't know man but you know I really suck at playing piano but I I was just singing right along with with whatever I was coming up with. And, that's what I that's what I came up with. So I, I wrote a song about his girlfriend at the time, right in front of their faces. So, you know, how did that go over with him? They loved it. They the both of them. They were they were just like they were just kind of in shock that I could just like write something that fast that was that kind of cool. So, is there they, a little message in here that I might not be catching? I, I I see candy, candy. Can you sing for all the boys? Everybody wants to hear your lovely voice. Was she a singer, or is that some no, tongue in cheek type thing? She would never sing. We would ask her to, but she she would never sing. So we was trying to get her to sing. <laughs> it was he was trying to get her to sing, so she wouldn't sing for us. So. We'd love to hear your lovely voice, though, Candy. And she still hasn't sang for us, but that's okay. She's she's with uh, she, I think she's married to the uh, lead singer for Rancid. Um, so yeah, that didn't work out for Christian and her. But uh, you know, I guess the uh, Rancid guy's a cool, dude. You know, I'm pretty sure he's probably a pretty cool guy. I never met him, but I'm sure he's he's a pretty cool, dude. 
Okay. <laughs> um, next songs running out of time. So you don't, so you, so don't you put me down. We're all on the same side. No one can stop us now. They can't see the truth because they're blind. What are we talking about here? Oh man, you know, it could be about anything on that one. Um, maybe, uh, you know, I don't know. could be a lot of different things. Maybe, uh, you know, like, you're running out of time on this, like, you know, this, I don't know, whatever you're going through, like in your life, you know, there could be a, could be a marriage or something. It's like, you know, it's like, we're going to have to make this work because I'm running out of freaking time and I'm running out of freaking patience. And, uh, you know, that's kind of like that message of that song, you know, just, this better, this better be, this better start working or else, you know, I'm gonna have to bounce, you know, I'm gonna have to get, I'm gonna have to get lost and go, just go do something else. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah. We all can't run forever. You can't hide forever. It's all never. Yeah. Now or never, man. Got a little bit to do with like, um, with like, you know, like, how much longer is it going to be before we're going to release this, uh, release another record, you know, kind of like, uh, it's also, an, also another little message to the label, kind of a label people. It's like, it's been a long time, man. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not, well, I'm not, you know, I, I was like, at the, I had to come to a decision where it's like, I don't give a shit what anybody says. I'm releasing a record. I'll release it by myself, you know? Are you at odds with your label or is that something we can't not, talk about? Not now, but they, they sure, you know, the older one really certainly, well, they were, they're lovely, but I didn't know when they were going to want to get this thing, you know, flying again. Like, you know, it's all the fans, you know, basically it has a little something to do with like the fans too. Like, you know, it's all they were saying for a long time. Like, when are you putting out any new music? When are you putting out something new? You know, like, when when are we going to hear the new record? Like, you know, you've been talking about it forever. It's like, it's like, yeah. And I keep telling the fans, it's like, you know, fuck, man. It's really like the fans are saying they're running out of time. It's like, we're about to just give up on your guys' asses. Well, yeah, like, your last album was 2019, what, four years ago. Yeah, but the the one before the 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 uh, Welcome to Galvania was like the first record out if since like ten years before, so at least this one was only four. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I think the one before that was Songs in the Key of Love and Hate. Yeah, you're dealing with love and hate again. The last one uh, that I did was the cover record, the Rediscovered record. <clears throat> that has all the you know cover songs that, that uh -huh. we did, right? Yeah, that was, that, yeah, that was 2011 when you did that one. That was the last. That was yeah. That was that was the last one, right? Like that we actually put out. Yeah, but um, it's it was co uh, cover songs. The, yeah, the last original one though was 2009. I think people want to hear your you know hear from you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, believe me, there were songs that were done, but the person that I was working with didn't. But didn't think that they were very good. Didn't think that they, you know, that they were very good songs. Um, and that that was uh, that was his opinion, and everybody's got one. And um, unfortunately, you know, he was kind of in charge, and um, you know. Uh, you know, managing and stuff. And, you know, I had to kind of break away from him, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, so, so now, um, you know, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to keep writing and, and releasing records, you know, like, you know, a lot, a lot quicker, you know? Right. And not, like, have to, like, really worry about if somebody doesn't think it's the right timing and somebody doesn't think it's, like, the songs aren't, good i mean if i if i think they're not if i think they're not you know good enough then you know then I, then we won't do that but believe me there there's always there's always at least a nice 
a nice nice batch of songs that are that are just you know they're fucking they're really good they're, they're good enough you know they're good and and people will enjoy them and fans will enjoy them and um and there will be hit songs there will be hit songs and uh because you know my nickname is the hitman so so yeah i i, I write hits man you know and um some some of them aren't, but you know I've heard other artists' records were iconic artists, and uh, you know, and I'll, I won't name any names, but there there are songs on some epic records that that I don't think are are hits, and they they never were hits, and um, but there were big hits on those records, just not these certain songs. There's some songs on this last record. Um, this last uh, ubiquitous record that that possibly aren't hits. I mean, they they could be hits. A lot of people like a lot of different ones, man. Like that, this person over here is digging California complication and candy. This these people are digging this this and this, and these people are digging like, um, you know, like um, uh, you wrecked me, which is one of my favorite songs on the record, and then um. And then dance with me. I mean, that's that's like you know, I mean, that's pretty freaking catchy, man. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, that, that's you know, even running out of time is kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, poke out my eyes is even cool. I mean, that's a super old puddle of mud song, but it's 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 super cool, man. You know, it's really cool. So. That was a little of an unusual song, though. Poke out my eyes. Yeah, that was. I I mean, it's pretty. The lyrics are are pretty short. Short on there. Make me make me blind. Fuck the law. It's my mind. I'll find the cure. Yeah. Um, that song's about. It's like about suicide, really. Um. Yeah, because that was some. Oh, that's OG old school um, from the beginning. Puddle of mud, and uh, which that's heavy, man. It's it's heavy. We 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 were heavier than like we were super heavy, man, back in the day. And um, anyway, it's just good to shed a little light on the old school puddle of mud. I don't really know what the hell it's about. I don't know. Poke out my eyes. Just sounded. I think it was from that Christmas story. You'll shoot your eyes out or some stuff, whatever that is. You'll shoot your eye out like the Christmas story movie. So that was just, and then it also referred to the, like the, the, the three stooges too, you know, like poking out his eyes and, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Well, the, the first verse on here, you don't understand what I'm saying. Staple my mouth and censor me, switch little words with lies and poke out my eyes. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it just rhymed. I didn't write all those lyrics. Um, that was a combination. Me and Jimmy Allen, the uh, original guitar player for Puddle of Mud, songwriter. Yeah, we were just throwing stuff around there, just you know, seeing how how far we could get our our you know ourselves under people's skin. So I don't know. People that like heavy heavy jams will definitely enjoy that. Yep. I like Man in the Mirror too. It, it sounds like a more of an introspective song for you. Yeah, that song is just basically about you know you're the only person that can save that can save yourself is yourself. You know that's the whole message. Like wake up, man. You know, look in the mirror. You know, it's it's you you. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it is it is you that has to save yourself from you know addiction and stuff like that and that's just point that's just you know poking poking at um you know the um you know the the, the you know the area of addiction and um the disease of addiction and alcoholism and drug addiction um that's definitely all about it's all about you know alcoholic you know alcohols alcoholism and drug addiction it's that's exactly what that song's about and the only the only person that can save you is yourself at the end of the day 
you have to look at yourself and go, I got to change, man. I have to make a change, you know? Uh, well, th- did you write all this yourself or did you have yes. a co-writer? Yes, I did. So this is a very personal song to you then. Yeah, you know what? Tyler from uh, Theory actually is a co-writer on this song, Theory of a Dead Man. Wonderful dude. And um, yeah, he had a couple of, Got a couple of phrases, just a couple of phrases in there. I think it's like, if I don't, I'll go insane. Um, yeah. So he but, was, yeah, he was there just, you know, just, uh, he was there helping, helping out. And, and, uh, we were kind of passing the guitar back and forth and it was really fun to work with him. Still wow. trying to figure out the publishing splits. <laughs> Everybody wants, Everybody puts out this hand and says, fill my hand with this amount of money. And then somebody else does. And then they come up and the next, the next thing, you know, they're, there's, they got their next hand out. <laughs> right. Open, then they take both their hands and open up their pockets and ask you to shove more money down there in the pockets. <laughs> Are you inundated with people that uh, want to help? Um. I am just, you know, I, I, I'm fair with everybody that's, you know, that collaborates on any type of the composition, musical composition with me. I'm super fair about it. Sometimes even too fair uh, most of the time. But yeah, everybody, everybody, when they when they hear hits, man, yeah, they come running for, for more percentage. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got their hand out. Yeah, I like the last paragraph on here. You're never going to bring me down, and I'm not going to be your. I'm not your little silly clown. No one's going to save me now, but the man in the mirror. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, poking you, at poking at the devil, man. Poking at the little little addiction, the little addiction devil. Right. Yeah. It's a, it exists, man. It is a, it is a disease, you know, and uh, and uh, unfortunately, it's a disease. Um, and some people, man, and believe me, I've seen I've seen some I've seen some people that are way out of bounds um, in my life. One of the one of the really funnest thing uh, about just going to rehab a couple times is that uh, when there's some like you know, some people in the the shooters, man. That you know, like the meth, and they they like do like meth, coke, heroin, speed, like all in one fucking huge shot. You know, right. how they put they put olive oil in between each drug, like a little bead of olive oil, like shit. You know, and when those type of people come in, man, they got to go into what they call detox, and they have to go into detox for like a little, like a little over a week or something like that. Just to, just to wean them off the drugs and all the benzo benzos are really bad. The benzos. I'm sure you might know what I'm talking about. I have an idea. The, the beauty of it is, which is not beautiful in the beginning, but just to see these people that are nearly basically on their deathbed, like come back to life, you know, and see like the color come back into their faces and see like, you know, a smile, like an, like an actual, an actual truthful and honest smile and happiness. And like, you know, the, you know, what God, like, you know, gives us, you know, the feeling of happiness, just, you know, just like normal people that, you know, just have, like a good time with their family or, you know, and, you know, and, you know, have a good time just talking and laughing about stuff and, you know, having a good conversation, not doing, you know, sitting there shooting up like, you know, heroin and speed all, all day long and, you know, meth and shit like that and cocaine and whatever the fuck. I mean, I know I have never shot up. So, um, but it's, it's really special to see, and help and, and be able to help um, help out with some uh, some lost some lost causes, as they might say. Right. And 
see him come back to life. It's really special. It's a special mo- couple moments that you get a, you get to experience when there's some really, really, really fucked up people <laughs> that come in. Okay. The the next song, You Wrecked Me. Who Who is you? Um, that would be my, uh, ex wifey poo and, uh, my, my, uh, ex baby mama, not so baby anymore. He's, he's a grown man and awesome, but, uh, yeah, just a little, little stab at, at a couple of, couple of gals that weren't so, uh, weren't so freaking weren't so nice. So. Well, it, it sounded like you didn't want to see him with, I never want to see your face again. I'm I'm stuck in confession, committing a sin. Why are you, why are you stuck in, com, uh, in a confession, committing a sin? What does that mean to you? Because I was promising, I was promising the angels that, you know, I would never, you know, I would never mess around with, uh, you know, like I would never, I would be sober forever. So, um, so I basically am, you know, <laughs> making confessions, and I'm, you know, at the same time com- committing a sin. Like, so I'm like tricking, I'm tricking God and tricking angels, and they don't like that, man. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> They do not like that. So it's better to be honest with God and uh, and your and your guardian angels. Well, you said you were in rehab. Should I ask what for? Um. Yeah, that was mostly alcohol and um, basically. Um, Alcohol and cocaine, probably, yeah, mostly. Um, at one certain point there for a while, I was, I was, um, I was doing a, co- a combination platter of things, but yeah. So I'm way, way, way better now, man. Like I'm really, really happy. I'm, I'm happy to just not be throwing up every day, like throughout my body, just trying to get all the poison out of my body. So. Yeah, that didn't help either. <laughs> but that wasn't a that wasn't me doing that on purpose, you know. Right. Well, you know, when you get involved in something like that, sometimes it's a little hard to shake it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, everything's good now, man. And uh, yeah, everything's good now, man. I'm I'm in a good place right now, and. Um, I'm happy, and um, I don't think that I have, I don't think I need to be, you know, having a significant other for a little while right now. Is that is that the, the theme that, that crosses over into the next song, Complication? Uh, what's the situation? What's the complication? You're the one who's changing. I'm tired of being the one who is chasing. Yeah, that's what that song is absolutely about, man. Yeah. A lot of times in relationships, people want you to change and um, there's really no reason to change, but, but they're changing while they're trying to change you. They're changing themselves, you know, right in front of your face. And it happens like clockwork every time. And it never ceases to amaze me that it happens every time like that. Somebody always wants you to change, but I, the thing about it is that I'm usually never around anyway. So it's usually like I feel bad because I'm not really at home ever. You know, you know, every woman, like you know, loves their man to just you know come home from work and be with the family. You know, um, and um, so, I, but I'm not that typical kind of guy. You know, I'm, I'm always on tour. I'm always playing shows. And unfortunately, um, you know, stereotypically, um, like I'm banging whores and shit every night, 
You know what I'm saying? Okay. And that's not the case, man. That's that's absolutely not the case. But that's the stigma that you get. That that's the whatever you want to call that. Um, that's like that's what every woman believes is going on that you're doing, but well, it's not really. That's not people's doing. perceptions of rock stars. Yeah, it's it's yes, exactly. They, they, the 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 girls that you become involved with in the back of their minds are con their wheels are spinning and constantly thinking about that and and they they really think that you're seriously fucking like whores every fuck every fucking night backstage and if you come backstage to any of my any of my shows it is so boring it's like we're not do, we're not doing anything. There's never there's not even ever any groupies really at all. Like there's never there's probably chicks that would die to get into the, the dressing room area, but there there's none. It's just it's just me and three other three other people. <laughs> so God, man, you know. Well, I understand. I I've, I've spent. Most of my, well, I've spent almost my entire life involved in the music business. I've probably spent more time backstage than in front of the stage. And uh, let me tell you, sometimes backstage is just boring as hell. In my opinion, I mean, I, I don't really mind it being boring, you know? I like, but it, it ain't like there's a bunch of bitches like running around naked getting fucking fucked and having sex with everybody you know what i'm saying it's like it's kind of fucking boring really I mean, it really is I mean, to the outsider looking in of course um yeah it's it's fucking yeah there's nothing really going on people are eating you know or catering or something and making maybe a sandwich is you know oh yeah it can get pretty damn boring back there there's just it's just the way it is. I mean, it, it's not people's perceptions of of it is like Sodom and Gomorrah. You, the people yes. back there are just having orgies the entire time. But actually, a lot of a lot of times they're just sitting there trying to warm up and get ready to go on stage. That's exactly right, bro. That's exactly exactly what is going on. That's what I do backstage every single night. <clears throat> Hell, I'm warming up before I even get to the backstage from my hotel room. Yeah, it's not a girl in your hands; it's a guitar. Yeah, most of the time, you wouldn't even be able to get your warm ups done with some chick, you know, in your face. You know, like honey, we need honey, It's like man, I'm trying to like warm up, man. That's why you, most of the time. There, there aren't any chicks or anybody at all backstage is because people are warming up and want to perform well. Well, if you don't come out sounding good, the people get really mighty upset sometimes. Yeah. Well, tell me about this one verse on here. She paints the sky, a child forever. She paints my eyes, a child forever. It's all on you. I have no clue. I think those are the wrong, wrong lyrics. Yeah, these are long lyrics. That might have been my sister writing them down wrong, making up her own lyrics. Well, who wrote this song with you? What is it? Compli complication. Uh, um, that would be. I think that's freaking Doug Ardito. Who? Doug Ardito is my original bass player on the Come Clean record. Oh, okay. I, I think he wrote that guitar part. I think he wrote that entire musical composition. I know he did. Yeah. I just, um, I don't know. Sometimes I just start flowing and songs will end up um, you know, 
just I, I just sometimes just start flowing. Sometimes songs, man, they're they're you don't even know what the hell they're about until years later. You, then you finally go, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd have to actually like listen to it again. I know what you're talking about, right? Well, how about California? The song California. That song is mostly about me basically getting kicked out of California by the cops. <laughs> Wait a minute. They kicked you out of a state? It seems like, you know, it seems to, it, it almost seems like that. Like fucking kicking me out of my house and fucking taking my house. And I think the ex wifey crew was actually hooking up with a, I, I know she was hooking up with like some co- a cop. And, uh, so yeah, I felt like yeah, I got. Sometimes I felt like I got kicked out of my basically my house, like I was getting kicked out of California. So, man, I'm sorry you had to go through all that. That that's a drag. <laughs> that that that's definitely terrible. Yeah, weird man. That was a weird time of life, but at least I got through it. I'm happy about that. And uh, yeah. Well, but yeah, being able to put out an album like this, is it a little cathartic for you to be able to vent this, to to let some of these emotions out and, you know, where other people can hear them and hopefully understand them and, and benefit from what you've been through? Yeah, I hope so, man. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I mean... I don't know. I hate saying this, but I, I, I read it in the Bible, man. God even says like, I, I prefer you to, to not get married. Don't, don't, don't get married. Okay. And I'm like agreeing with him. <laughs> Cause it shouldn't be marriage. Shouldn't be like the way it is. It should be just people couple of people that are in love with each other that want to, you know, start a family with each other. But they don't necessarily have to sign, like, paperwork and shit, you know? It should just be, like, a kind of a spiritual type. It should be spiritual, you know? Right. Yeah. It shouldn't have anything to do with money and life insurance policies and, you know. I think once you sign the paperwork, things go to hell sometimes. This is the, when you yeah when you sign the paper yeah when once you sign the paperwork baby yeah but you know five days after I was married fuck you know like there was a there was a life insurance policy guy in my kitchen really that's <laughs> that's not a very good omen I don't know I was like like we just got married. You were already won a life insurance policy, huh? Okie dokie. Well, now you've got a plan on your death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, I don't feel like I'm dying. <laughs> but the insurance guy knows something that you don't. Yeah. Yeah, he might have. <laughs> well, uh, what have we be- not talked about on this? What do you want to talk about? I mean, I've I've asked you questions about all the songs on here. Oh. What's important? What, what do you want to talk about? What's happening in your life? Uh, what's what's happening with the album? What what what's the important thing right now for you? Um, you know, the most important thing is just I, I just want to be happy, and um, just you know, I'm having a great time doing these rehearsals, and uh, and it's it's. It's fun, and you know, I'm, what I'm really desperately doing here is I want to play new, like new songs off of previous records and the, this record today um, live for the fans. That's that's my goal is to. I don't want to play the same exact set over and over and over again, so I'm I'm changing the set and I'm making up other sets. So, so the fans, you know, can, can hear basically B sides, you know what I'm saying? Right. And yeah. And they deserve it. And hell man, I deserve it. 
And so I'm basically happy right now relearning, you know, songs that, um, that I have to, that I have to freaking practice myself, um, for me and the fans. So they can, they can hear some freaking new material and they can hear some, some other old material that they love. And me and my manager have been going through stuff in the, that that are more listened to than other things or whatever, but on the, in the interweb. And, uh, so that's what I'm working on right now is just having new, like having new different sets. So playing different songs for, for, for the folks and, and that's it, man. And that's, and it's making me happy. And I just want to, you know, I just want to be happy and be having, enjoying my life and, you know, and, uh, you know, and staying, you know, staying clean, you know, much as possible, you know, not, not getting too far out of bounds and not getting too far out of control and, uh, you know, staying between the lines, walking, walking a nice line and, uh, yeah, man, just living life and being happy, man. Well, I hope I hope everything lightens up for you with you know having to deal with losing the house and not to mention the ghosts in the house, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, ex wives and all of that stuff. Yeah, it's it's time for a little uh, a little uh, what can we put say a little peace in your life. Yeah, <clears throat> it is already like that, and I've already made it like that. So, um, and it will remain like that. And, um, yeah, just got to watch out who you do your business, who you do business with. Right. About it. Well, speaking of business, do you still have Matt Fuller or Dave Moreno in the band? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm not really switching anything. I'm actually doing the side project thing. So while I'm doing the side project thing, I'm just kind of like refreshing, refreshing my own mind um, as I go along with my side project, uh, which is I'm calling pro project. So that is my uh, my other little band that I'm that I'm creating right now. And uh, what's it called? Yeah. Pro project. Pro project. Okay. Yep. So uh no those guys are those guys are cool. Everything's cool with those cats. Well good. Well it's gonna, you know, be nice to see you back here in Texas. I'm based out of Texas, um, out of Houston. And cool. Puddle of Mud's played in Houston so many times. For a while I thought you were be gonna become a local band. <laughs> <laughs> I mean no. you you were playing down here all the time. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna take you with me to walk over here and pay my freaking pay my. I lost my keys yesterday, so I got to pay my mechanic right now. Okay. Well, if there's nothing else, I'll let you go unless you got something you really want to get off your chest. Uh, Yeah, and I guess him probably calling me after bounce. Um, Yeah, I love all my fans, and um, we're coming with a badass new couple sets, different different song options. And that's about it. All right. Well, thanks for calling and looking forward to seeing you back in here in Houston one of these days. All right, man. We'll see you, brother. Okay. Bye-bye. As you can see, Wes is ready to hit the road and start performing these new songs for Puddle of Mud fans out there. Wes has been through quite a lot, as you can tell from the interview that you just heard. But the future looks bright for him as he gets ready to start performing again. We'd like to urge everybody out there reading this story to pick up a copy of Puddle on Mud's new album, Ubiquitous. We really think you're going to like it. That's right, folks. Puddle of Mud is back and ready to rock. We'd like to thank Wes Scantlin for being our guest here today on Rock and Blues International, the podcast. We'd also like to thank all of you out there listening for tuning in again to another episode of Rock and Blues International, the podcast. My name is Kevin Wildman. I'm your host here at Rock and Blues International, the podcast. And if you have any comments or any news you'd like to send us here, 
email it to me at rockandbluesinternational at gmail.com. That's all spelled out, rockandbluesinternational at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in to our webpage at rockandbluesinternational.com to check out our online magazine. It's downloadable. We've got a lot of great information in there for you to read. And we also have a link to our other podcasts. So be sure to check that out. In the meantime, rock on.